and I go to put his socks away in his sock drawer. And I open the drawer and his phone's sitting there. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. Why is your – and I pick up his phone. I'm like, why is your phone in your sock drawer? And I pick it up and it illuminates and it has a girl's name with a heart emoji in the contact. Again, like we're fucking 12. And I'm yeah. like, what why is this? Why would he put a heart – how dumb? I know. How fucking like, dumb is he though? That's my heart like, doctor. Like put it under a guy's <laughs> name. Like what? Yeah. Hey y'all, it's Lace. It's Catherine, and this is a very special episode of Cheaty's Podcast. Mm-hmm. You know why it's special? Because I poured my LaCroix into my laptop right before we started recording, so this could be the last recording on old Mac. Lace, you're disintegrating quickly. I can see your face starting to melt, and yeah. she doesn't have long left to live, folks. But nope. the, sh- the the few days she has left, she really wants to make them count. I, and yes. W- yes. <laughs> what do we do, Lace, to really take advantage of the days we have left on this earth? We got to we gotta treat our bodies right. We do. You listen, we don't treat our electronics right, but we can treat these bodies right, okay? We got to live in these things every day. What I like to do is I like to take AG1. Athletic Greens makes AG1. It's this amazing green powder you take in the mornings. It's You can take it any time of day. I personally like to take it in the morning. I like to do it before I do anything else, before I work out, before I drink my coffee, anything. Because then I'm like, you know what? If I, do, if I fail on every other thing I'm going to do today, at least I did one good thing, and that was take AG1. It honestly makes me feel like I could take on Whatever is ahead, it feels really good. I like giving my body that nutrition that it craves because we all know as comics, we are not getting the nutrition that we need on the road, being up late at night, all that good stuff. So if y'all want to try AG1 by Athletic Greens, how do they do it, Catherine? How do they do it? Yeah, sure. Go to athleticgreens.com slash cheaties. And if uh, if this is your first purchase, Athletic Greens will give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. We're on the road all the time. We love to take AG1 with us, those travel packs. And add it to our morning routine. What does that mean? We wake up in the morning. We scream into our pillow three times. Mm -hmm. We stomp on the floor Eight mm-hmm. more times, we take mm-hmm. our athletic greens, and then we go, oh, we've taken our green juice. And we start That's our right. day. And we start our so, day. <laughs> Lace, speaking of being on the road, where are you going to be at? I'm so glad you asked. I just came back from Grand Rapids, Michigan, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, I had um, one of the best weekends of comedy I think I've ever had. So it was a great place. If you missed out on those, boy, y'all, you're, you you got to step it up. Come on, because Catherine and I are both – we got more dates coming up. Then if you feel bad because you miss Grand Rapids, well, you got a chance to see me in Seattle this upcoming weekend. Uh, I will be there with friend of the pod, Dulce Sloan. We're going to be at Laugh Seattle 
the 3rd and 4th of March. And then I'm going to be hanging around Atlanta the next weekend. I got a bunch of fun stuff going on. I am emceeing Rock Down South, which is a charity for Make-A-Wish Foundation. If you like country music or you just like finding new artists, bunch of great musicians that night, I'll be doing some comedy and emceeing the event. And I'll be around that weekend. Uh, there's a grad show for my class I teach. Check that out on punchline.com. Come out and support new comics in Atlanta. Or if you're interested in taking Laugh Lab at some point in the future, we would absolutely love for you to come to that show and see what it what goes down. Um, and then you can catch me at City Winery on March 15th, 14th. And that is Atlanta's City Winery, March 14th. I'm super excited to be there. And yeah. Oh, speaking of Laugh Lab, Catherine, can I squeeze this in real quick? Another friend of the squeeze pod. Squeeze it, baby. Squeeze another, it tight. Yeah. Another friend of the pod that we absolutely love and adore is Katie Hughes. The, Katie is going to be teaching her last stand or it's a uh, her, her sitcom class sitcom pilot yep. writing with laugh lab before she moves to la so this is the last one where y'all can catch her in person in georgia teaching the class we also offer a zoom version of it as well so if you don't live in atlanta but you're like screw it i'm funny i got some good ideas i want to learn how to write a sitcom pilot um y'all this is the time to take it it starts march 12th you go to laughlabcomedy.com sign up for katie's last sitcom pilot writing class in person in atlanta but once again there are zoom features to it as well so you can take it from whenever, but y'all, you don't want to miss out. Catherine, where are you going to be? Oh, um, shout out to everybody that saw me in Boston this past weekend at Laugh Boston. Had a lot of Chidi fans come out. Hey, uh, yeah. thanks for representing us. Love Boston. We'll talk about it uh, on our catch-up episode. That'll come out next week. Um, this weekend, I'm going to be in Michigan Lace. I'll be in Detroit. Detroit House what? of Comedy this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And then I uh, following weekend, I'll be in Austin, Texas for South by Southwest. Um, I've got shows March 10th through the 14th. And, uh, and then I'll be, you know, casually in Juneau, Alaska, January casually. 23rd. <laughs> and then I go straight to Mexico for a week. Uh, so casual. Of shit. Right, Real right. casual travel. Cash trav. We love a cash trav. <laughs> cash trav. Cash. Good routing. You know, you know that you know that uh Texas to LA to Juneau, Alaska to Mexico no, packing that you do. Yeah, three yeah. Weeks, three weeks worth of packing. Michigan uh, to yeah. Texas to LA to Alaska to Mexico. It's, it's the same be- outfits. You just wear the same five outfits the whole time. You Honestly. know what I say? Thank God I have math, my athletic greens and my Lexapro. <laughs> Amen. If you want to do- mash them together. I was going to say, if you want to get real hardcore, you, you squish up your Lexapro, <laughs> put it in your athletic greens, shake that shit. You can take on any bad routing. <laughs> any any bad routing. Any, any layovers. <laughs> um, so, you know, guys, come out to Juno. You got to come out to Juno. <laughs> you got to do it. To um, the University of Southeast Alaska's uh, comedy night. Uh, hey, it's going to be huge. Speaking of Alaska, do you know how good this last episode was? <laughs> boy, do, you, do I know it. Boy, do- <laughs> baby Jesus, boy, do I know it. Um. <laughs> 
it, are you, this are you, was a phenomenal episode. It really uh, sucks for her that this is her intro. Uh, yeah. it's, this is too silly for her. Uh, so we interview maybe an an, an expert on living out a yes. cheating experience, a, a yes. great breakup, you know, getting out of a breakup in the best way possible. Uh, she's author of two books. Eat, Pray, FML. And The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl, which is kind of considered part two of Eat, Pray, FML. Y'all, if you have not heard of her yet, I'm telling you, it's going to take about three minutes into this episode for you to jump on Amazon and buy both of those books. She Mm -hmm. was such a treat. But like Catherine said, the holy grail of cheating and making it through and, uh, man, taking over the world on the other side of a a toxic, shitty situation. I mean, she's the best. She's good. Yeah. She's great. Uh, she's author. She's a podcast host. Check out her podcast, FML Talk Podcast, and uh, an actor as well. Um, and just speaks eloquently about her experience and uh, of being cheated on in the breakup and coming out the other side. Yeah, it's pretty great. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to absolutely love our episode with Gabrielle Stone. Hey, listener, you're about to hear a really juicy cheating story. Names and locations may have been changed to protect the guilty. We're not licensed therapists or lawyers. Hell, we barely have a driver's license. We're just two broke comedians who've been through some shit. And this alleged story is one-sided. If you know another side, please call our emergency redemption hotline at 888-STABBY-8. And yes, that is a real number. Now sit back, relax, and pour yourself a bowl of cheaties. All right, Stabbies, we are so excited right now. We have a guest in our midst. Uh, we This is, uh, I feel like, cheaties gold right now. We have, right. we have struck gold with this podcast three years in. We find, we got we got the big one. We got the big one, Catherine. Right, right. We, we got the big kahuna. Uh, <laughs> I've never been called uh, that, but I'll take it. So. <laughs> mean it in the highest compliment. Uh, Yeah, we've got Gabrielle Stone with us today. Um, Maybe one of the most ultimate uh, authors of a cheating experience, Eat, Pray, Fuck My Life, and author of The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. Um, You've lived it. You've you've gone through the whole cycle. We're excited to go through it with you. Yeah. And just hear hear your thoughts on the other side as well. So yeah, totally. Yeah, we're we're like you, but we, um, Lace and I, we, you know, we've talked about doing a book for three years, and then we go and <laughs> said, we'll just we'll just do the podcast. Yeah, we'll just we're talk just going to keep talking. <laughs> but Gabrielle, it's a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. really is. How how do we find you today? How are how are you doing? What are you up to? Where are you? All that good stuff. I'm doing good. I can't complain. I'm in LA um, where I live. I'm a bit tired. We are um, getting ready to move to a new house and getting married a week and a half after that. So I'm a little tired, but other than that, like life is good and can't complain. Hell yeah. That's that's a lot on your plate. You're moving and getting married in the same week-ish? Literally? The the same two weeks. Yeah. we We overachieve over here, you know. Yeah, clearly, clearly. All right, but hey, you've made it through worse, so I think it's going to work out just fine. It's right, it's true. Just fine. <laughs> okay, okay. So we we have so much to get into. Um, so your life is falling together now. Um, I know 
you've told your story so much now. Um, definitely like the whole story is in your book, but give us a brief, like the cliff notes of your first experience with getting cheated on and like just how you met your husband and, and kind of the inception of the relationship and, and how, how the catching began. Yeah. Well, yeah. and take us back. Like, yeah. who were you then? Who were you at that beginning? Like, we know where you are now, just like queen badass, but like, take us, take us to who Gabrielle was mm-hmm. at that time when that all started. Yeah. So this is going back to like 2013. Um, I was working in LA as an actress. Um, that is how I met my now ex-husband. He met me as an actress. Um, we actually ran into each other at a nightclub in Agora Hills. And if anyone's from the Los Angeles area, you know how fucking weird that is. Like, it's like a a suburban town. Like, why is there even a nightclub there? That was red flag number one. Um, Was it like, was it like the line, was it the nightclubs with line dancing? No, 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 no. No, because I was there. It was absolutely not that. Um, No, it, it was um, more of like, you know, you'd see a lot of cougars there, um, yes. but it was like a closer drive from Woodland Hills where I was living um, than, you know, going all the way out to Hollywood. So, yeah. Uh, and it was a fun spot. They played good music. So my girlfriends and I would go. And one night uh, we're there and I see this guy that's going like from the bar back to his table, like carrying all these drinks, bringing all these shots back. And I'm like, who is this guy? Like, who's just like running this whole place. And Mm -hmm. eventually one of his friends comes over to talk to me and my two girlfriends, brings us over to their table. And we start chatting with a bunch of the different guys that are at the table. And he eventually comes over to me and he's like, don't think this is weird, but is your name Gabrielle? And I was like, yeah, you fucking weirdo. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, don't think it's weird. I'm about to do the weirdest fucking thing right, right, right. real quick. <laughs> and Red flag number two. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, and he was like, I actually sat behind you in sign language class in high school. And this was an adult class that you go to for like two months at night for college credits. Like it wasn't even oh. didn't go to my high school. Um, and at the time I was with my high school sweetheart in that class. So like I would show up with like sweatpants and like a messy bun and no makeup, just looking like death and um, had no idea who this guy was. Like I was like, cool, but like I've never seen you before in my life. Um, And he proceeded to like talk to me throughout the whole night and be like, you know, I I remember when you, my my high school sweetheart that I went to that class with, um, passed away in a car accident when I was eighteen, and oh, he was shit. like, I remember seeing that online, and my immediate thought was like, oh my god, I hope she's okay. Which now looking back on it, is a little fucking weird. But at the time, it's, I'm like, oh my god. At that's the time, so that's the sweet. most romantic. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, you cared about me, you were thinking about me, you were looking out for totally. me. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was like all the grief spots of being like, oh, that's so sweet. Oh, my God. Right. Thank you for caring uh-huh. about me through this fucking tragedy. Anyways, so we start talking throughout the night. He's like flirting with me. Nothing really comes of it. We we leave the club that night because um, his friend was also hitting on me. And I, I remember joking mm. because they had the same name. I was like, which one am I going to go with? Um, <laughs> and... <they're> like, and <laughs> 
I end up leaving and the next day he had friend requested me on Facebook, followed me on Instagram um, and sent me a message, which is like red flag number three. Like it was all just too fast. That's so but like, much. Yeah. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, he's pursuing me. This is so nice. It's someone that knows what he wants. Um, so he he DM'd me and was like, hey, like it was so great to meet you. This is my number. I'd love to get yours like, and take you out sometime. So long story short, we end up dating um, and he really like – wooed me. Like it was very from the beginning. It was like, let me take you to this fancy restaurant. Let's go to this nightclub and I'll get mm-hmm. bottle service. Like it was very like love showy bomb. and Yeah, it was a love bombing. Yes. Yeah, looking back on it 100%. What, um, did you guys spend – like immediately were you spending a ton of time together, sleepovers all the time? Not sleepovers all the time, but like, yeah, we – I mean – couple times a week um and yeah. like it was like in our friend groups um we were like hanging out and doing like nights out and, and meeting at the bars and stuff um and we we dated for probably i don't know like 2 months and then on new year's eve we ended up going to this club with a big group of people and it was like <sighs> Very fucking cheesy now that I'm like talking about it. I haven't talked about like isn't the details funny? of the <laughs> but relationship like, isn't the for hindsight, so long. The hindsight it's, is so wild. We do this like every now and then we'll yeah. check back into like when all, all and we're like, what the fuck were we doing? Yeah, no, what the hindsight's yeah, embarrassing so is what clear. it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so we were at this club and at midnight he like pulls out a dozen roses and he like asks me to be his girlfriend as if we're Gross. fucking close. And I was like, I'm sorry, yes. that's so gross. And was I was it, like, yes, you guys of course. Not exclusive then? No, like we were dating, but like yeah. we weren't like official. Um yeah. and you know, like I was like what, 22, 23 at the t- 22 at the time. Um, so like it, you know, we were still young. And I got really drunk that night because like hello, it was New Year's Eve and we were at a club, and I ended up making out with this girl like a couple hours after midnight, as you do in your early 20s. Like you're drunk. There's a hot chick. Every other man I've ever encountered like cheers you on in the corner when that happens. That's the start of a great new year. Yeah, not Daniel. Daniel flipped out, got so fucking angry at me. Daniel's also his name in the book, by the way. It's not his real name. Um, Right flipped out and proceeded to get into an hour and a half long screaming match with me in the parking lot. Um, Red flag number. I don't even know what number we're on now. Um, And I remember us eventually going home that night. I was like in tears. It was like very dramatic. And the next morning we woke up and it was like, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have reacted that way. Let's like, let's plan a, a nice night out and go to dinner to celebrate the new year. Like, Anytime something bad happened and we would get in a fight or he would do something, it was always made better by something that had to do with money. Like, let me take you on a shopping spree. Let me take you to dinner. Let's plan a vacation, which is obviously very fucking toxic. But when you're 22 and your love language is gifts and acts of service, you're like, fuck yeah. Like, spoil yeah. me. Shower me. This is great. Um can I, so I, I want to jump, can I, do you mind jump, if I jump in real quick, sure. you just triggered something, uh, uh, like one of those when people are like, oh, that's a core memory that, and I don't think Catherine, I don't know if I've ever talked about this 
in the three years we've done this podcast, my ex, my big toxic, awful ex, the one that led to this podcast, the six year relationship, my big toxic ex, my big toxic (laughs) ex. Um, I swear to God, early on one of our earliest dates, I had told him about hooking up with a girl. And once again, same thing, every other guy, Oh, high five. Hell yeah. What a catch. This is great. What a, what an awesome, you know, how cool. I got a cool chick. I told him I will, it was the way he made me feel about myself that Mm -hmm. day. And he made me, he embarrassed the absolute shit out of me. He made Mm -hmm. me feel disgusting, wrong. I was like, I started second guessing my own like sexuality. I was like, what is he? And he's like, you are, he's like, why would you do something like, did you do it for a guy? Did you Mm -hmm. do that for, and I was like, well, yeah. no, but, and, and, and he, and he used that against me for the following six years. Every time we got in a fight, he yeah. used that against yeah. me. Yeah. Well, you- and what was so ridiculous about it was that during this whole fight in the parking lot, it was like, I just asked you to meet my girlfriend. And the first thing you go do is cheat on me. Those oh, were his words. And it was like, on. like, did, is it really, okay, do you think was, did he have a religious slash Christian background yeah. beliefs or was it no. insecurity? Had he been cheated no. on before? Um, he had been cheated on in the past from what I remember. Um, but like, Hey, that's a fucking stretch. Like I was doing it in front of you. Like with a female, we were drunk. We presented it to you. We were like, this gift. It was not a hidden thing, but you know, it's always the people that are going to cheat that try and control and point the finger at you and be yeah. like, oh, oh, you're being that's, shady. Oh, you're cheating when they have that gene within them that they're trying to hide. That's what you just reminded me. That, that's paranoia. so clear now. Yeah, it's yeah, that paranoia. Yeah, that's so wild. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Please continue. Like, that's just... So we continue uh, to date and he proposes to me after eight months of being together, after eight months of knowing each other. Um, young 20s. We went, we went on a trip to Maui with my mom and my aunt and he proposed to me under a waterfall in Maui um, with like this gorgeous expensive engagement ring. Um, What did he do? How was he so loaded? You know, he was a sports coach, but he did a lot of private lessons and this particular sport that he coached, there's a lot of money in. Um, So he just hustled. (laughs) Yeah, badman. Dead. Um, no, obviously. And so, so we got engaged, and I was like, I was like, okay, great. But because we got engaged so fast, I was like, let's have a longer engagement to make sure you know this is like the right thing. So we were engaged for two years. Over those two years, um, the biggest issue in our relationship was my career. Mind you, he met me as an actress. Like I was doing this when he came into my life. And it started with if it was just an intimate scene that I had to do. So if I had to kiss whoever I was acting opposite, it was fucking hell to pay. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it became even more um, ridiculous because, look, I'm I'm aware that that's something that's difficult for you to watch your significant other do, um, but it's part of my job. And when you are on the inside of it and you're on set – it's the least sexy thing ever. Oh, like it's be like, less hey, sexy. can you can you arch your back and turn your neck and then like 
pretend the guy doesn't smell like garlic and then, you know, twist this way. It's fucking horrible. Like, it's not sexy. 50 crew members in the room. Yeah, it's it's awkward. It's horrible. It's not some fun, sexy rendezvous. Like, you were, it is, yeah. No, it's it's terrible. So then it became more than that. And it was like, if I was out of town on a shoot, it was like, you can't go eat with your co-stars if any of them are guys. Like, you can't go to dinner with people. And it was like calling me and erupting on the phone into these like big fights to where I was like so happy to be on set and like getting jobs and doing what I love, which is so hard to do in LA in that industry. And at the same time, I was so miserable because I was on the phone crying every night trying to convince him that like this was like okay. Mm -hmm. And I always said to myself like, Yes, this is a red flag, but like we'll go to therapy and we'll work through mm-hmm. it. This isn't easy for someone to, you know, watch if they're not in the industry. Da 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 da. You know, like told myself that it was all sure. going to be okay. That we would go to therapy and we would fix it. And you we did. We were through it. Yeah. Like, yeah, we were in. We were in therapy and we were discussing it and working on it. So we moved forward and got to the wedding. Had a beautiful wedding. Um, that my mom worked her ass off to pay for, took a a honeymoon to Bora Bora. Like it was very dreamy um, on the outside of all of it. Um, And even being in it, like there were things that would happen that I would kind of be like, huh, this is weird, but I would somehow normalize it in my brain. Like for our wedding gift, I got him this like book of boudoir photos that I did in like this like ridiculous lingerie and like gorgeous photos. And I remember him opening it on our honeymoon and just being like, oh, wow, cool. And I was like, that's your reaction, bro? Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like weird stuff like that. But nothing that ever led me to think that he was capable of cheating or lying. Like, I, I've i had relationships in the past in my younger years where I always felt like I had to go through their phone mm-hmm. and I was always like wondering and like suspicious. Never once with him. Like I trusted him to a fault, clearly. Wow. Um, and <laughs> never, never felt like, oh, I, I need to question this or oh, I need to look through his phone. Like we were so open with each other. We would like randomly scroll on each other's social media. Like it was very open. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just never considered it. But also um, you were kind of the one in the hot seat all the time based on how he was treating yeah. you. Like you didn't really have time to, to like think and wonder about him because you were probably so busy defending yourself. Trying to prove totally. your loyalty. Yeah. Worried that you're the one that's doing wrong or looks like you're totally. doing wrong. Yeah. yeah. And I, sense. you know, I was constantly like in a cycle of, crying, miserable, Mm -hmm. and then I'm so sorry, I'll figure it out, I'll do better, let's book a trip too, or let's go to dinner here, or let's plan Mm -hmm. a weekend here. Um, And it was a toxic cycle that I Mm -hmm. didn't at the time realize I was in. So we got married, had this beautiful wedding, came back, rented a house, um, and we were like nesting and like pretty great. Like everyone's always like the first year of marriage is fucking hard. I didn't experience that at all. Like we were having a great time and like our careers were both doing really well. Everything was going really good. 
Um, and how, then how long, how long were y'all in the relationship now at this point? Cause it was eight months when you got engaged. How long now? Um, we were engaged for two years and then we got married. So like a r- roughly three years. Um, okay. and then the first, the first year of marriage, our fourth year together was great. Um, and then when we got to the fifth year, it was, um, uh, new year's Eve of, 2016 to 2017, like that year change. Mm-hmm. And I remember we went to the Four Seasons with um, this other couple we were friends with. And he kept like going to the restroom and like leaving for like extended periods of time. And he was saying he had a stomach ache um, and like that he wasn't feeling great. We came home and then we went to Mastro's for like a steak dinner to celebrate like the four of us. And right at New Year's Eve, like right when we all were like, yay, kiss me, yeah. celebrating, mm-hmm. um, he gave me a kiss and then he was like, I have to go to the bathroom. Like I really don't feel good. And he left for like 15, 20 minutes and I was with the other couple and we were just like talking and stuff and I didn't at the time really think anything of it. I thought my husband was like, you know, shitting himself and like not sure. fucking feeling good. Sure. Um, and you're not going to go check on him. Like there's no reason yeah. at that point no, to like go no. and see what he's up to. Yeah. Yeah. He'll work this so, out on your own. Yeah. This, we is end up, a, this is a you thing. <laughs> we end up going home and then like two days later, I'm like on, you know, the whole, okay, let's start a diet because it's the new year and let's like get our health back in check. And I go and to Clearly this, you're um, unhealthy. You've got some gut issues. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Um, so I go to this um, juice cleanse place that that we love and I'm standing in line and I passed out cold. I actually just did a TikTok about this. It's so funny because I never have really gone into depth about like what led up to. Um, I passed out cold and when I came to, everyone was around me and like took me to a table outside and like making sure I was okay. And I called him and I was like, yo, I just passed out at Juice Ranch. Like I'm a little freaked out. Can you come pick me up? I don't think I can drive home. And he was like, I'm literally halfway to the gym right now. Like, okay. Yeah. I'll turn around. Mind you, this is like 15 minutes to come around and pick up your wife who just passed passed out out at a public place. Um, I ended up having the flu and was like super sick for two, uh, two weeks. He dropped me off at home and then went back to the gym. Um, come to find out later, this wasn't the gym. gym. Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) Here we go. Um, Yep. 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 So it was little things like that, that started like showing the cracks, but it wasn't until the first six months of that year that I was like, why are we so unhappy? Why are we arguing all the time? Like, why, why is shit so bad? And we were in therapy, paying for therapy, going and like trying to figure out what was wrong. And he was like making all these weird demands. Like, we don't have sex enough. We have sex like three to four times a week. I want to have sex twice a day. Which is like, I don't care if you're Channing Tatum, bro. Like, that shit's not happening. And Fifty Shades of Grey style. I'm like, dude, no. no. Like, I do, that happens have, on special occasions. Like, do, absolutely who, not. Have, do you guys have jobs? Like, do we have other, we have other things right. to do like, during Right, like, the I'm day. not on set fucking five days a week, like, exhausted right. in the first place. And then it was like, you know, you come to Twice the sports, the sports games that I coach, but you don't come to the practices. You should be at the practices supporting us there. And I'm like, do I ask you to come to my auditions? Like, what? But it was like – I was like, look, okay, fine. So like overnight, I became like a fucking Stepford wife and was like having all this fucking sex that I didn't want to have and showing up at practices like – 
to watch and everyone was like, why are you here? This is weird. Um, But I was doing everything. And then on his end, like nothing was changing. Like none of the things that I was asking for, which were like, be kind to me. (laughs) Like tell me you love me a little more. (laughs) Like let's like have quality time. Like none of that was happening. So eventually I'm in our room. He's going on a work trip the next day. This is a work trip for his sports team that I would join them on every year. And this year, he was like, I don't think I can afford your ticket to go. And I was like, that's weird because you just signed a new sports deal and you're making more money than you have in the past, but Mm -hmm. okay. And I chalked it up to like, it's probably just because we've been really shitty and like stuff sucked and like whatever. So I'm doing laundry and I go to put his socks away in his sock drawer. And I open the drawer and his phone's sitting there. And I'm like, that's fucking weird. Why is your – and I pick up his phone. I'm like, why is your phone in your sock drawer? And I pick it up and it illuminates and it has a girl's name with a heart emoji in the contact. Again, like we're fucking 12. And I'm yeah. like, what why is he this? Put a heart- how dumb. I know. That's my heart. Like, like put it under a guy's <laughs> name. Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what so my ex I, did. I, he put the girl under a guy's name. And, right. And that's, well, that's at I least picked up smart. The phone. Yeah. It yeah. was smart, but he used the, so we called that guy by his last name and mm-hmm. he put the guy's name in as a first name. And I was like, we don't call uh, him that. Right. Like, right. Right. Weird. And yeah. then I That's- found the other contact and I was like, ah, okay. And then mm-hmm. I scroll back. It took two seconds to see that it wasn't him. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you feel almost more insulted that he didn't even try and hide it? Like, No. So this is where it gets a little ridiculous. I look, I turn the phone to him. He snatches it out of my hand. He go, And this is all, this is all written about in the book, but he walks into the bathroom, locks the door and comes back out 45 seconds later, tosses me his phone. And he's like, here, it's not even working. Go ahead and go through it. So what I came to realize later was that I found his second phone in the sock drawer. He went into the bathroom, swapped it, and brought me out his main phone. <laughs> David blamed it in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. Did they both have um, the same case, the same cover? Oh, the yeah. They were ads? identical. They were completely <gasps> identical. That's yeah, except one case. was the one he talked to his girlfriend on and one was his regular phone. <laughs> That's why you couldn't um, afford your trip because he had two phones. Right, phone right, bills. right. And two like he had pre- he had prepped this very well. He was like, you know, the new sports place that I'm working at because I have to deal with all the parents. They give me a work phone, da-da-da-da-da. But I had never seen this work phone. So he had like laid the groundwork and like it was very premeditated. Um, anyways, we got in a big blow-up fight that night. He left the next morning after like apologizing and saying, I love you. Please don't be mad. I don't want to leave like this. Like, um, I'll make it up to you. He left, Venmoed me a hundred dollars and said, go take your girlfriends out for dinner. And I'm like, bro, you owe me a lot more than this at this point. Like what the fuck is a hundred dollars? Um, and I told him, I was like, I need some time to like not talk to you for a little bit. Cause like, I don't know what's going on, but like, I need some space. So I had kind of set that boundary that we weren't going to talk. And a couple days later, I go into our office, which is our shared office, to get stuff out of my filing cabinet. And the computer starts going off like ding, ding. And so I go over and I look at his computer. It's connected. It's, It's his computer. I still, till this day, have no idea what his email password is. It's open on the computer. And it's an Uber receipt going from where he's supposed to be in Florida to Miami. 
And that was all it took. I was like, okay, something's not fucking right. So I go into the trash email and it's like every receipt from the affair, like going and taking her to the Four Seasons Hotel where we spent New Year's, like a waterfall room, um, a couple's massage, like all the drinks they had at the bar. Um, and like oh all of God. the dates of all the receipts were like, oh, when I was winning my award for this film and he said he had a work commitment, like he was fucking her at the hotel that we had our wedding guest stay at. And oh, when I was oh. sick on the couch with a stomach ache, he took her to Beverly Hills um, to repeat this Valentine's Day date that we did two years ago. Like really weird, methodical shit. Um mm-hmm. And obviously finding that, I was like, well, I'm I'm getting a divorce. So I called yeah. my mom. I had my one like screaming, crying fit um, because it- I, I wasn't heartbroken. I had f- not been in love with him for quite some time because I had been so unhappy. Mm-hmm. But I was betrayed and I felt enraged that um, – someone would disrespect me in that way and really put my body at risk because I mm-hmm. I know that he was sleeping with her without protection and I know that he was sleeping with me without protection. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really was more of the the betrayal that I, I had to deal with as opposed to heartbreak, which I was really thankful for. The heartbreak came after from another gentleman, um, but we'll right. get into that later. And yeah. um, and I, I went, I filed the paperwork, I got out all my ducks in a row. And when he came home from his work trip, he his work up, trip, his quote yeah. work trip. Well, yeah. it was a work trip. Ah. She was just accompanying him on it. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, wow. Um, so how does that not affect his job? That's and his coworkers and stuff. Like, didn't people know? Or yeah, his his dad was there, um, and he oh. helped cover for him. And they told everyone that she was his cousin. Um, <gasps> she was oh, nineteen. My God. She was an she was a nineteen year old model. They met when she was eighteen. Um, and a lot of people, just to clarify, you know, on TikTok, they're like, "Why does it matter that she was 19? And I'm like, "Look." A lot. My my current fiance and I are 15 years apart. It's not about the age difference. It's about being a 28-year-old man and going after an 18-year-old female that. who is easily it's, manipulated that. and it's the grooming. can now it's grooming. groom her yeah. 100%. Yes. Yes. That's I, the problem. It's not the age difference. And he's even said to people in his inner circle like, Oh, she was so easy to make into the way I wanted her to be. Like, oh God, that is when, disgusting. When I, we I, were together, it was like you should dye your hair blonder, you should get a boob job. All of those things have happened to her. Now it's so oh. gross. Um, I I've talked about that like yesterday. I was on a podcast, and I because I was looking at an experience of myself being younger with men and being like, it's not it. It's it's sure it's legal, but there. As when you are a younger woman and you've ever been like involved with somebody older, you look back and there's a there's because there's a reason why they they are attracted to you as a younger person, yeah. and it is purely solely because you are vulnerable and they can they can hold yeah. you. And it's it's, it's not disgusting. because you're adult. It's not because you're an no. old soul. It's no. none <laughs> of the above. Because no. you're it's not none of that. Because you're, you're not. not. You're so you're not developed yet. Like your brain you feel grown. 
Yeah, you, but you feel not. like you like are because your body's grown, but you're not fucking. You're yeah. mentally at that not age. there, and you're no. so you are so you're easily manipulative. I think that's yeah. Oh, it's that is that is something that's, like that's a trigger inside me. It's so it's gross. yeah. And for yes, me, honestly, like I I had one final conversation with him. Like he only admitted to being in another relationship when he was like, please, Gabrielle, don't come after my new sports deal. It's how I give back to the kids. It's what fulfills me. And I was like, okay, then say it. And he was like, say what? And I was like, say it. Say what? Say it. What? That I've been in another relationship? Like that was the only thing he would say about it. He had no idea the amount of proof I had. We had been following their whole fucking vacation on like a fake Snapchat account. Like we had everything. And it was so far beyond this relationship with this 19-year-old. Like he had been fucking around with other coaches. He had been like – He had fake fake Snapchat porn accounts. Like he – there was – the list went on. Like – and since the book went viral and became like a really popular book, I've had women reach out to me to apologize that were involved with stuff that he was doing on different you're, levels. Because there's marriage. no way they would know. Yeah. No. Yeah. Because yeah. people would, like that are master manipulators. Right. Like, and totally. I would like to say we know that you have been giving back to the kids. 18, 19-year-old. Right. Kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, he, he, soon, he soon after got fired from that job, not because the, the cheating rumors broke, but because he was bringing the 19-year-old to his place of work and they were like, bro, you cannot coach 18-year-old girls while you're fucking a 19-year-old one. And he still tried to have his lawyer blame that on me and say that it was my fault. (laughs) Dude. Oh, God. That's that's, so fucked up. That is on a whole – He's a gem, guys. And that's like – that's when he was just a narcissist. Like the sociopath that has emerged since the book has become popular is a whole nother episode. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just, he was coaching teen girls though. I cannot, I cannot. Do you, have you noticed because I, okay, I've said this before, but I I grew up in a town where there was a lot of, I was like friends with kids of coaches of, and they, there were stories like this that always emerged. Do you think it's a trait of being a, a successful coach? Like, I don't know what it is about a coach. But they, there's so many cheating allegations that follow a, a successful coach's career. Do you think it's like a, a personality thing? Like if, if you're somebody that's that competitive? No, I think there's, I think there's shitty people in every profession. Yeah. Um, and it's just, about, it's just about which situations come to light. But yeah, that was a big thing that everybody in the community was talking about when the news broke. They were like, wait a minute, he's been coaching my 14-year-old daughter for three years. Like – And, you know, I've had since, again, since the book, you know, became popular, I've had his old students reach out to me and say, he always made me feel shitty. He ruined the sport for me. Like he, you know, A, B, and C, like just really like horrible things. There was never any proof of him like doing anything with any underage girls, but like who the fuck knows? (laughs) Right. But I think Catherine on that point, I think... I don't know what comes first. I don't know if it's, you know, I think feel like it's a chicken and egg situation with that, but I do think that being in charge and having all of those young people like look up to you and stuff that does give you, it's kind of like what we talk about when people get really huge, like celebrity wise. And when they just think that they could just do anything because it's like a power trip, it's a power trip. 
It's an ego thing. Because you are. Yeah. You are their coach. You are their mentor. Yeah, You're they have people. to look up to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, it, but it takes a shitty person in that position to take advantage of that right. position. I don't oh, think 100%. that position causes it. I do think that you have to just be a shitty person in that position. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So I filed for divorce, handed him the papers. I drove away from the house and was like, this is the biggest blessing. Like I'm getting a get out of jail free card um, mm-hmm. because if he wouldn't have done something so drastic to allow me to walk – well, allow me is the wrong word, but give me the strength to walk away, I would have mm-hmm. stayed in that relationship a lot longer saying, well, we need to go to therapy. I took vows. We need to like really work on this, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made it so easy for me to leave. So I decided after that, I was like, I'm going to be single for at least a year. Um, because fuck this and I need to learn how to be by myself. I'm always in a relationship. And the universe laughed and said, fat (laughs) fucking chance, Gabrielle. Um, (laughs) About a month after – and again, this was like after seven months of me being in a very like checked out marriage. Um, But about a month after I left my house, I reconnected with this guy that I had gone on two dates with very casually like six or seven years ago um, before I even met my my ex-husband. And we ended up going out and it just went from zero to 100. Like it was – I don't know why I'm, how I'm feeling like this, but like I don't want to leave you and like I want you to meet my family. And it just went from zero to 100. And I met his mother. Um I I met all of his friends and family. Everyone was like, we've never seen him like this. Like you – he's a different person. Like this is amazing. You're the one, Mm da-da-da-da-da. And he was like, I have a month-long trip to Italy booked, but I don't know what to do now that I've met you. And I was like, well, I would never tell you not to go travel. He was like, no, no, no. I want you to come with me. And I was like, you're absolutely crazy. But also, when are you leaving? Um, And he (laughs) – Yeah. He said he said September 4th, which would have been my two-year wedding anniversary. And I was wow. like, okay, when are you coming home? And he said October 4th, which is my late father's birthday. So by this wow. time, I was like, all right, universe, I hear you. Meant to um, be. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go on the trip, book my ticket. We're together for a month and a half. Everything's like sunshine and rainbows. Like I was like, obviously I had to get cheated on and get divorced because I'm gonna marry this man and have babies sure. with him and we're gonna sure. be done. And 48 hours before we were getting on the plane, he broke up with me and told me he needed to go by himself. And I was absolutely devastated. This man broke my heart like my ex-husband never could have done. And I was sitting on my bed at my mother's house because that's where you move when you're 28 and get divorced. And in tears. And I was like, well, I have a decision to make. I can either stay at home heartbroken or I can go travel Europe for a month by myself. And my bag was already packed. So I got on the plane two days later and I did six countries over the span of a month. And on that trip, I wrote the book, Eat, Pray, FML, which became a bestseller and completely changed my life. That's amazing. <laughs> You're such and it a all, fucking It all badass. started with an asshole cheating on me. Here we yeah. are. <laughs> Amen. Uh, you know what's funny too is that age. You just I didn't realize what age you were when you got divorced. So mm-hmm. I was 28 when I caught my ex mm-hmm. and when I got yep. him out of my life. That's also when I quit the toxic job that I was in at the time and, the, and when I started stand-up comedy. So, yeah, well, that's your then, that's your Saturn return year. That's so, what I was uh, going to say. You, you know that. You know that, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But like everyone in my life told me that. Everyone was like, yeah. oh, this all makes sense that you're making these big life-changing 
like uh, decisions right now because yeah, this is when Saturn returns and all of that at 28, 29. Weren't you the same? I was 28. 20? I was 28 yeah. and I got cheated on, yep. kicked him out, got into a healthy relationship and like and career life changed. changed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Okay. Yeah. Here, so wow. this is, I, I have questions like having somebody who's also, you know, kind of explored cheating and, and talked about it and created art from it we now because we've been doing this podcast for three years and we've interviewed so many people with stories and i think you know again we're not licensed therapists by any means but have you noticed through going through it like i guess has your perspective you know when you're giving advice to women or you're hearing their stories has anything on your perspective perspective of cheating or the other woman? Has it ever changed? Um, I just talked about this on an episode of my own podcast. Um, and someone, someone submitted a question that was like, how can we change the narrative around women who cheat autom- or women, the other women the other automatically women, yeah. being labeled as a homewrecker? Right. And I was like, all right, because whenever you get into this topic, it's like hot water because you're either you've been cheated on and you're like, fuck all those bitches mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you're the other woman and you're yeah. like going to get pissed at me for saying something. But yeah. I'll say exactly as I said it because I truly believe it. If you're being lied to and manipulated and you have no idea that this man or person is in another relationship or in a marriage or mm-hmm. has a whole ass other life, that is not your fault. No. You are absolved of the home wrecker label because you did not know that this person was in a committed relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, is it true that it's their relationship so it's their responsibility and like the burden falls on them if they decide to cheat? Yeah, it's their fucking relationship and it's it's their responsibility. However, if you know that they're in a committed relationship and you consciously make the you decision to walk forward and actively participate, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. That's just what it is. Like it's very black and white. Are there, oh, but like there were, you don't understand the way we felt about each other. Cool. I'm sure you were super fucking in love. Tell him to get a fucking divorce before right. you jump into bed with him. It's quite simple. Like, it's very simple. If he loved you that much, he would leave the people that he was with and responsible for. So my perspective hasn't changed. I'm very grateful to the 19-year-old girl that slept with my husband. I'm very (laughs) sorry for the life path that her life has gone down because of him. Uh, I feel very bad for her. I think she was groomed and manipulated. Um, And... I, and I think that's the gray area. I think if she did know that he was married and all that, is I have to play devil's advocate a tiny bit because she was being groomed and manipulated. She's nineteen, and she, sure. And she's a kid, she, you know? I do know. I do know that she knew that he was married. However, yeah. I'm sure he was like, "We're miserable. We're not sleeping in the same that's room together." What like, yeah, da 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 da. I get it. That. Like, yeah, it, yeah. And you don't I know have, the story the other person's being told. Not, they could be not like, at all. Oh, yeah, not yeah. at all. I have yeah. no hate anywhere in my heart for her or for my ex-husband. I'm so fucking thankful sure. that I am not in that toxic situation anymore and I got out when I did because I look back on all the red flags and the signs of him trying to financially control me and all the stuff oh, yeah. that he has now accomplished with her that's like terrifying. And I'm like, Are they still God. together? 
Um, I don't know. And Ugh. together is a very loose word. Like sure. the stories I've heard from their inner circle is like real scary. Um, so like I don't know. I know a year ago the answer would have been yes. But again, like mm-hmm. together means like having orgies with all of her friends whenever he wants to because he said so. So <sighs> Oh God! Oh God! I want to rescue that girl. She's like the girl. Yeah. I, when I you go to the I feel really bad for her. And you see the sign. Yeah. yeah. Close the door. Like yeah. Like, yeah. Are you being it, it really is. Um, yeah. It's. Ugh. I think it's like the the surefire circles. There's cycles there that you you can't deny. There's like one that kind of that toxic. Um, like emotional or uh, verbal abuse is like yeah bring you down you know tear you down apologize you know use money or finance or whatever make it better bombing and do that cycle and then also the cycle of of cheating where it's like oh you you you're with somebody who you know is actively cheating on their partner but they promise you they love you that you're gonna be you're gonna be on the other side of that cycle eventually at some point yeah that person 100 and it's it's so funny coming on shows like this and talking about it because like all the stuff all the cheating stuff is the first two chapters of the book. Like the yeah, book is so not more. It's yeah. not about the cheating. Um, I almost like didn't even write about the details of how I found out in the book. I was almost just like, I got cheated on and I got divorced, and then all of this shit happened. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my my girlfriends were like, no, Gabrielle, that shit was like an episode of CSI. You have to like go into detail. <laughs> found I mean, out I, about I, all I, of that. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say like when I was asking you about the the you know your your perspective changing, I because mine personally was always like I I went through my boyfriend's phone too and caught all the stuff and I was always like you know go through the phone it's my favorite yeah. activity and then since then people we've interviewed it or experts we've talked to are like that's super unhealthy you know it, it just creates it will you always yeah. find something and create some drama and I'm like I yeah. know my perspective should change I should be like that's don't not go true phone, but it's- that's not true not you don't yeah. always find stuff and you don't, you don't always create drama because I um the with my fiance now like when I first got into the relationship with him I definitely had some shit of like wanting to look at his phone um he has a child with his ex-wife so I always was like w- weirded out about like what could be going on there and he always was like, here's my password. Go through my phone whenever you need to. And the more he did that and the more I didn't ever find anything, that lessened and that stopped. Mm-hmm. So my my advice to people is, no, don't be a fucking psycho and continuously go through people's shit. However, if you have an intuition and something is like not right within your gut, tr- you need to you need to figure out what that is. And like yeah. – that doesn't Absolutely. necessarily mean snooping through their phone while they're asleep. The first time I went through my ex-husband's phone, I walked up to him and said, I'm having some weird fucking feelings. Can I sit down and go through your phone? I'm really sorry. It's probably wow. my own shit. You wow. know? Like, which, like, phone? which phone? Which phone? Wow. Yeah, right, like, right. But like, like it's like, you know, be an adult and have a conversation yeah. about it. But if you're even having to have those like inklings – it's one of two things. You're either with the wrong person or yeah. you need to go to therapy and work through some shit that another guy probably fucking like right. left yes. on you in the first Did place. But like handle yeah. it. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Yeah. Early on yeah. in my marriage, because I was coming off of or early on in my relationship with my now husband, I was coming off of that really bad, toxic, cheating, bullshit relationship. And so, yeah, I did. I went through a shit all the time. But like you said, it's like once you do it and then there's nothing and there's not even – like you can't even find – And it makes a, you feel gross too. Like it doesn't feel yes. good. 
but I did. And then I was like, oh, there's nothing. Like I would even try to create like, who's it? Then you'd be like, that's so-and-so that's from this, that's yeah. this person. That's, and you or, know and what? I'm like, oh, okay. And then, and then you just, that dissipates. It just kind of like goes yeah. away. And you know what? Like there's also the, the, the people that are going to cheat and you're never going to mm-hmm. find shit because they're so good at it. They're good if at people, it, yeah. if people are going to cheat, they're going to cheat. The truth will yeah. eventually come to light right. and you'll have yeah. to deal with it. But yeah. why are you going to live your life in a fucking like waiting for the other shoe to drop manner. Like do your due diligence. Don't be stupid. But like you have to get to a place within you where you're going to trust the person you're with or why are you in the relationship? Like just Exactly. There you go. Yeah. 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 Wow. Oh my God. I, Wait, can I ask so, you, right. I have uh, one more question that I, I just, no. I would love to hear your perspective on, because we talk about this, about being in different relationships and different points of life. And like, obviously, you know, this was a, a like coming of age kind of story for you and like growing in your twenties and stuff. Um, do you believe in the idea of soulmates and like finding one person that you're meant to be with for the rest of your life? Um, I just had this really amazing woman on my podcast. Um, it's like a couple episodes back now. Um, it's called Your Soul's Purpose with Geliana. And she reads people's names and transfers them into like soul contracts and like what you're here to do and accomplish and learn. And it was wow. so fascinating. And we got a lot into like the twin flame bullshit versus like the soulmate and karmic partners. I don't think there's like one soulmate for everybody and like once you've like found that person, that's it. I, there's so many fucking people on this planet. There's mm-hmm. so many people that you would connect with in different ways. Do I think mm-hmm. we have soul people that we are meant to come into each other's lives to stir some shit up? 100%. Javier, oh, yeah. the guy that broke my heart before Europe, like was absolutely supposed to walk into my life blow shit up and send me on that fucking journey so that I could write this book. 100%. Um, My fiance now, do I think that like we are meant to be together in this moment healing all of the stuff that we've healed and like gone on this journey together? Absolutely. Um, Do I think if God forbid something ever happened with us that that was my one soulmate and I'll be alone for the rest of my life? No. No. Like mm-hmm. you yeah. go and you you connect with new people, you find new people. I think we have multiple soulmates. Um, I think people have a toxic idea of what soulmates is that it's this yeah. like love connection. I think my mom's my soulmate. Um, I think my dog is that. my soulmate. Yes, yes, a soul, yes. A soulmate, a soulmate is a recognition of my soul loves your soul and vice yeah. versa, and we are going to go on a journey together. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. See, Kat, Catherine hates this. This bitch is one of my soulmates, like one of the yes. people that I was supposed to go through all of this right. shit together with. We, we were supposed to share this journey. Right. Like, I wouldn't be who I am right now without. Lace this and bitch. I yeah. are exfoliators for each other. When, <laughs> yeah. when we rub up against each other, the toxic shit comes out, and we go, "Okay, we need to pop that okay. pimple." So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> but you're so right. I love love that idea because also not everything has to be about romance, and we were fed that so no. much in yeah. every piece of art, every song, every movie, every TV show. Everything was just about like you're only 
the only time you've accomplished anything, especially as women, is once you found the love of your life. And right, they, right. They and that's all bullshit. You, they picked you. Bull fucking shit. Yeah. There's a, yeah. there's a million other, like you said, there's so many other people that you're going to come in contact with in your life that are there for a reason. And there's so many other relationships that are as, if not more important than a, some romantic shit. Yeah. You totally. know? So 100%. I love, I love all of this. This is oh. so great. Okay. I know you've got to get out of here. We're so this thankful for your time. Thank like, you. We could, could not be more thankful. Um, we got a, a, just a couple of wrap up questions. You covered where you are now. We know you've got a wedding coming up with uh, one of your soulmates, and uh, we love that. Congrats! That's Yay! awesome. Um, this is so <laughs> exciting. And then uh, I would say my favorite question is a newer one. I've been asking people, but their their favorite form of self care, which obviously yours was writing some fucking books about right. it. And do you have? Yeah, going to Europe. In addition to that, do you have another form of self-care for people who've been through some toxic shit? Yeah, if you're going through some toxic shit and you end up picking up a copy of Eat, Pray, FML, skip to the epilogue and read that first. It's called The Self-Love Cocktail, and it's my answer to how we're supposed to love ourselves because it's this mythical thing that we're just supposed to look in the mirror and do that, and that's crazy. Um, So that's really my answer to that and what changed my life. Oh, Amazing. I love that. Great. Okay. Yes. So another reason to get that book Great. for sure. And Great. then Catherine, do you want to ask the dumbest question? Yes. This is the dumbest. Also talk most toxic question. We love to end our podcast on and we, we want you to plug everything and tell everyone what, uh, all the books to get and where to find you because you're everywhere and you're, you're an inspiration. Um, yes. But yeah. okay. A different realm and a different world. You're cheating on again. FML. And... <laughs> Would you rather the other person? It, it's not. It's not. This is not a healthy question. Would you rather the person it's that your partner cheats on you to be hotter or not or hotter than you? Hotter team, hotter or notter, and why? I'm sorry. I'm gonna give a not fun answer. It doesn't fucking matter to me. Um, I knew you were gonna you go. say that. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> When you get cheated on, it has nothing to do with you right. or your value. No, it's right. the it's the void within the person doing the cheating Absolutely. and their need to fulfill their ego bullshit. Um, yep. so it doesn't fucking matter. J Lo got cheated on. Like, what does that say Beyonce. about men? Say Shakira. Come on. I mean, come on, folks. Yes. Okay. So tell all the people the best ways to support and follow you. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone and I'm on TikTok at Gabrielle underscore Stone. And the books are Eat, Pray, FML and The Ridiculous Misadventures of a Single Girl. You have to read them in those that order. Um, they're exclusively on Amazon or you can get them on my website signed by me, which is eatprayfml.com. That's also where we have all the podcast merch for the podcast FML Talk, which airs every Wednesday. It's like a fun therapy session with me where I drop a lot of F-bombs and have great guests on. And yeah. I also have a self love healing journal called fuck off I'm healing which is a step-by-step guide to really like dig through your shit and the trauma um that life throws at you to uh to get to a, a better place in life I'm getting Amazing. that journal by the way I've already checked it out online I'm obsessed with oh, it um, yeah. Love it, love, love it. so thank you thank you thank you so much uh Gabrielle we appreciate you so much thank you to the listeners uh stabbies you got to go out and get everything that uh, she's promoting because it is well worth it on all of our journey to healing. So we love each and every one of you. We love you, Gabrielle. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I appreciate it. Bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this episode of Chidi's podcast, please subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen. And if you've been cheated on or you have cheated, you've got a cheating story that we want to hear. Leave us a teaser voicemail at 
888-STABBY-8. That's 888-782-2298. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Chidi's Podcast. And follow me, Lace Larrabee, at Lace Larrabee. And follow me, Catherine Blanford, at It's Catherine Blanford. Stay stabby. Go to your ready-made horse. That's all you are good for.